This is Andy. And this is Matt. And you're listening to The Hop Podcast with No Name. What a dumb name. It's so stupid. <laughs> stupid. Let's begin. No. That's how we're going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 24. All right. You, what you, do we sound, do? you sound real sick. I know. Don't, don't bring <laughs> I'm, it up. I'm sorry. Just allow it to happen. Okay. Just know that we're close enough where you will probably get sick. <laughs> so this is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah. So we are continuing on our pushback episodes. Devil's Advocate. Yes. That's the one of... Things that we hear or people have asked us to talk on that are fairly common thoughts around this hop space where people are concerned or have a misunderstanding and uh, how we would respond to it and then hopefully make it succinct enough that you could borrow some of our words if you need it. And we have a, a laundry list of pushback. <laughs> and what we're trying to do where we can is either by getting questions or by recent pushback yes. to what's most relevant. Yes. And so we have one that's very relevant and and, and not, I just realized how sick I sound. Not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're not yeah, sounding this great. This is great. Uh, I don't need any medicine. I'm taking care of. Thank you. <laughs> so the, uh, this is something that I didn't really understand the magnitude of mm. when it was set. I just, I not coming from safety didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. And then recent things have happened where I'm like, Oh, people are so passionate about this. Yes. And it means so much to them. So I'll allow you to, to actually say the, uh, what the pushback is. Yes. All right. Um, so within the last few days, we heard it for probably the, the hundredth time. Um, of someone saying something to the effect of, uh, if you're telling me that all accidents are not preventable, I should quit my job today. Yep. <laughs> and, and you can, and they extrapolate it as I truly, um, it's my mission. Mm -hmm. It's my passion mm -hmm. is that I believe this to be true, that we can prevent all accidents. Mm -hmm. And that is my career goal is to help us get to that place. Yeah. And you just come here on your silly video screen <laughs> or in person and you say, not all accidents are preventable. What the heck? Yeah. Sorry for swearing. I probably <laughs> violated a bunch of rules there. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, when people start to learn about this hop space, people will say things like, I know that not all accidents are preventable. Right, they'll start to mimic the language of the language that we do use in the hop space, but I'm not sure that we've had like really good conversations around it everywhere. And I certainly know that for some people, it um, that idea that all accidents would not be preventable is uh, very personal f for a bunch of reasons. Um, one, it's something that many of us in the safety space have been taught. Like I remember it was one of the first things that I was told as an intern coming into a big company that I needed to understand Andy, you need to understand that we believe that all accidents are preventable. Like we need you to get on board. Yeah, we, you get, you, yeah, you get on board get on or board. you're not going to yep. work here. So we've been indoctrinated into that thought process. And it is um, a thought process that I feel like brings up um, this idea of a larger mission, right? And the, the mission is the idea that um, 
no matter what happens, we should always be striving to make things better and we should never be satisfied with somebody getting injured. When someone gets injured, we want to look at that as a failure and a failure that we could be doing something better and that in the future we would work very hard to change something so this type of thing doesn't happen again. That's the mission that's sort of embodied in this idea, at least how I was taught it, of all accidents are preventable. So when you take that phrase away from people, what it can turn into or what it sounds like to some people is that we're saying the mission to strive for people not getting injured is not important anymore or not mm-hmm. feasible. And that can be incredibly off-putting. Yeah, and I think it also, it was interesting. It's it, People are so passionate about that because it's not coming from a place of personal glory. They truly <laughs> want to protect right. everyone they work with. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. Yes. And, and the idea that they cannot, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. If you thought that you were going to get to a place where everyone that you worked with, everyone that you cared about, everyone that was a part of your company would be safe. And we're now telling you, you you're never going to get there. It hurts. Right. And so it's, it's this feeling of, um, um, maybe this, this belief that there's like a helplessness involved or like, a um, are you saying we shouldn't do anything? Um, are you saying that no matter how hard I try, um, I, we're not going to make any progress or are you saying we should just give up and if somebody gets injured, we just throw up our hands and say, well, it wasn't preventable. It so happens. it happens. Um, and I think that's what people hear. And spoiler alert, <laughs> that's not what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not what it means. Um, and so I think it's important for us to know what it means. Uh, one of the things that it means is the recognition that the idea of prevention is not enough. Um, so it's actually more. <laughs> we're, we're trying to do more, not less. Um, and the reason why prevention itself is not enough is oftentimes we spend so much um, focus trying to prevent uh, a loss of control or an incident that we don't accept the reality of the fact that we probably actually will end up in a position where we have lost control. And if we haven't thought about that and put in some design to mitigate for it, well, then we really are going to have some very serious consequences. Even against our best efforts, right? Even against making sure there's compliance to what we want, Mm -hmm. uh, checking all prevention, you know, areas, it's, it's not enough. Yeah. We'll still get there. So like a, a very simple example is the idea is if, if we spend all of our energy trying to prevent the car accident, if that's what we define as our accident, um, and we forget about the fact that at some point we probably will end up in an accident, well, then then we didn't do anything to mitigate for it, right? So that means that we wouldn't have had the crumple zones and, and we wouldn't have had, you know, bumpers and and the pieces of the puzzle that actually do a great deal to reduce the consequence of an event, um, that's where we would fall short. And in industry, you actually see this quite a bit. When, when um, companies started to adopt um, tools like the bow tie, where you have a loss of control in the middle and then you have prevention on one side and mitigation on the other, what you tend to see over and over again is that a lot of thought has gone into prevention and not a lot into the mitigation side, unless you're in the PSM world, right? So those folks have been ninjas at this for years and years and years. But if it didn't fall into the the PSM space, then much of the time, um, heavy on prevention, not a lot 
on the mitigation side. So then the question would be, well, why would we focus on mitigation if we can prevent the event entirely? And that's where this idea of you can't prevent everything comes into place because we can't, <laughs> we can't. No. because in order to prevent everything, we actually have to be able to predict many, many different pathways of getting there. And we can predict a lot of them. And the ones that we can predict, we absolutely want to prevent. So this is additive. This is not ripping down the prevention piece of it. Um, but the secondary recollection and, and understanding comes from the fact that because we can't predict all of the various pathways to get to a loss of control, we also have to plan for it happening and then mitigate it accordingly. So going back to the same example that we just talked about of um, the idea of crashing a car, if we think about just the control of um, automatic braking, the automatic braking in this case would be considered a mitigation defense. So this would not be prevention for the loss of control. The loss of control in this case is the fact that we are very close to another car moving faster than we would want to be moving. And we are past the point that we as the human would be able to respond appropriately to make sure that you don't get into an accident. So we've already lost control and now automatic braking kicks in. That automatic braking doesn't care how you got in that position. And that's actually what becomes incredibly valuable about mitigation defenses. So what we're saying is that in designing automatic braking, we didn't have to magically invent every scenario that could get us to a point where we needed assistance in braking. Correct. We just knew that we will at some point need assistance in braking. That's it. Correct. That's yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's that simple in, the, in that regard. Yes. And if we look at it only from the prevention standpoint then you're trying to imagine all of the various ways that you could get to a place of not breaking on time and prevent each of those individually, which would be very, very difficult to do. I really want to see what that looks like. <laughs> all the ways. That I'm we picturing can do that. the bow tie, by the way, for yeah. all of the all of the threats of that. Um, and so in this circumstance, this type of mitigation defense actually allows us not to have to predict all of those various ways. Instead, we can say we just accept that at some point we will be in this position. And when we're in this position, here's how we've mitigated for the effects of it. Which is why that becomes such a powerful thought process of not just trying to predict everything, because in order to prevent something, you have to predict it, but but then also taking this recognition that we, yeah, we're going to be there at some point. We'll be in this space of loss of control. Now what? And designing for that accordingly. Look, keep going. You're on a roll. <laughs> we're, we're building. There's, there's going to be a moment where this all comes together, right? So, so yeah, in this, this moment that we're trying to have this conversation with somebody in this leadership space, I think the simple answer is that, um, we're not saying that we don't want to take action to make improvements. We're saying that just try to just trying to prevent an incident is probably not enough. Go on. <laughs> just trying to prevent is probably not enough. We also want to accept that at some point we will have some sort of loss of control. And we want to say when we get there, 
do we have anything in place to reduce the consequence of getting there? I wish you could see just the one tear, the one tear yeah. that just fell down Matt's face. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because of something wonderful that I said, but I think it's just because. Wow, you did so great. <laughs> I moved to tears. It has nothing to do with this cold that I have. <laughs> A total unrelated event. <laughs> so I think the the question is, what can we what can we go and do? What can we go and try to learn? Yeah. And I think that that becomes probably the most important question because even in the space of trying to design a mitigation defense, we do have to have some inclination that we can get to that loss of control. And that's where the idea of sort of predicting and preventing comes like crashing into this idea of mitigation is that knowing where we might have a loss of control, that information lies with the folks that are doing the work, right? Of being able to learn from them as to what things are not going to plan, what things are not working well, the difficulties that they're having, the near misses that people are having. And then very quickly, we can start to see places where loss of control are more probable than others or more possible than others. Which um, I think Bob has a good story about a combi lift. Yeah. Yeah, I, which uh, this so this combi lift is this crazy articulating lift, and uh, he was actually doing a learning team about something completely unrelated, right? Injury, like a hand injury yeah. or like a cut with a hand. And um, when he was talking to to folks, they were just sort of talking about how they they operate this lift, and somebody very casually said, "You know, you have to be careful when that thing rocks up on two wheels. It's got four, by the way." I think it's got four or three. I'm not sure, but it's got more than two. I yeah, can tell you more that more than much. two. When you have to be careful about something rocking up on X number of wheels. Yes. And that's a great place, right? That's just a, what we would call a weak signal in conversation of somebody saying, yeah, I've seen this thing happen before. And now we're starting to talk about that as a potential loss of control. Now we can work really, really hard to try to prevent it from rocking Absolutely. up on two or one wheel or however many wheels it's rocking up on. But then we also want to acknowledge the fact that that, has happened before and therefore likely is going to happen again. So now what? And when it happens yeah. and when it rocks too far, then what? Then what? And that's what we want to start thinking about, right? That's that mitigation space of potential loss of control. It's right here. Now what? So that's our, our mission is to actually expand beyond prevention not and not get stuck on the belief that prevention is going to be enough. Um, we want to get real with the fact that in many cases it's it's not enough. So then what are we going to do when it's not enough? And that's where mitigation comes in. This won't be the title, but it could be just simply, so then what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when we get to this, so then what What happens? What? How do we mitigate? Yeah. All right. Thank you for <laughs> carrying the load today. <laughs> well, I just coughed into my arm a couple times. Uh, I appreciate it and we'll continue this in a couple weeks. Sounds good.